0: Hello friends and welcome to Gamer Radio episode zero? Yeah, it's a holiday test episode. I'm pushing the buttons and running the board. Our host is here, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike.
1: Hello, Agnes, and welcome to the Gamer Radio. Oh,
0: no. Another voice.
1: Another voice.
0: <laughs> it's only a few degrees off from Jar Jar, too. You know, it's. Only,
1: it's you only... know, they, they might be cousins, Mario and Jar Jar. They're both, like a dark backstory there. God, I could only imagine
0: the fic fan is probably getting written right now. So, what it, we're not doing, Coder Radio. It's a, We're taking a moment out of the holidays to try a little test episode. We want people's feedback. I suppose if. Uh, you know, gaming isn't your thing and you're only here for the coding and the development and the business. Well, uh, you could probably skip. That's fine. But we'd love to know your feedback. You can uh, drop us a line at the regular contact spots. And uh, maybe we should start with, you know, why we're talking about gaming on the holidays of all times, just a few days before the big guy arrives down the chimney.
1: That's right. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons, right? Uh, We both have kids and I've I I'd wager we're going to be doing quite a bit of gaming with the little ones. I love over it. this break. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, it's already begun. It's, oh, already, it's already begun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Pokemon cards are are very much out.
0: Man, when we 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 have to bring them with us whenever we go like places where we're going to be a while, and it's so much hassle. I don't know if you have yep. to do this with your kid, but like, well, they're, whatever they're really into, we always have to haul and bring it with us. And right now, it's Pokemon cards. And I'm trying to convince, trying to convince them. What if we just like took pictures of them and just brought digital photos of them? Would that be enough? No, dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's uh, I have a very similar problem. There is the Pokemon iPad TCG game too, but I, I try to limit the iPad time pretty severely. Just um, mm. something I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But, sure, sure. Yeah. The, the, my favorite thing is uh, my son likes to, when he was looking at his Pokemon cards, instead of like, Picking one up out of the deck and looking at it, he likes to pick up the whole stack, which I sleeve everything. So they're slippery and Uh bam, they're always get launched across (laughs) the restaurant or whatever.
0: So, I mean, clearly it's very enjoyable. So that's one of the reasons we do it.
1: (laughs) Yes. Lots of fun. I don't
0: know. There's something, too, about that shared feelings. Um, So they just my kids just uh, unearthed a game that they played when they were really young, all three of them by the grace of uh, the Apple App Store they were able to recover games that no, are no longer actually available for purchase or download in the App Store but if you go into a family member's purchase history if one family member purchased it way back in the day mm-hmm. you can still download it and if you're lucky it'll run and so they came across some of their early childhood games this way and nice. the nostalgia was real like they were they were really in like nostalgia heaven for a bit and it's fun because I had those same feelings and I enjoy recreating that experience for them. And some of these games, I still have access to. I don't know if those iPad games will have access to in 30 years, but I'm thankful so much. is that a challenge, right? A bunch, yeah.
1: a bunch of the games this year just died because their uh, backing web services got turned off. Yeah.
0: And and yeah. you know that's that is a that is an unfortunate thing. You install some of these games and they just simply don't have the back end services anymore. And yeah. That makes me a little sad, but I uh I also feel like the classics, the ones people really, really love, people go out of their way. Like I have seen MMOs that got shut down and the community recreated the entire MMO backend infrastructure.
1: <laughs> so it just depends. Yeah, right? Great example of that is Matrix Online, right? Where yes. The community just reversed engineered the quote unquote API calls, right? The networking stack to create a the game as it was when it was shut down and i believe they continued and actually like added an expansion that was half developed wow you know yeah
0: i'm i'm old enough to remember when it was kind of a a bad thing to be into video games All right. oh yeah and now everyone has a video game console in their pocket well if you'll allow the broadest definition of the term <laughs> but you know what i mean it's uh, I, I think it really changed over the last 10 years. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like the last 10 years things really shifted. Like, it was okay to be a Nintendo fan and that kind of stuff, but that was like the edges of it. And now it feels like gaming culture is not only embraced, but it's a niche that the market is happily serving.
1: Yeah, I would even say it's gone mainstream, right? Yeah, well, it's uh,
0: app stores, I think, yeah. are part of that.
1: Yeah, well, for sure. For sure, the app stores... Uh, I, I you know it's it's curious to see will things like Xbox Live uh, oh my god what do they call it XCloud? yeah the stream right, is that, is that gonna does that seems to have been a boon for like the back catalog of previous generation games you figure you pay your fourteen bucks a month and you've got what what is it like eight hundred and something games now
0: oh my gosh is it
1: yeah it's it's a lot especially if you count the uh, like the original Xbox and some of the like Sega collection and uh 360 games that they have on there. You know what is interesting about that is
0: that's the compatibility problem solved once, isn't it? Traditionally with mm-hmm. consoles, not so bad on PCs, but on consoles, there was times when they just weren't necessarily binary compatible with the previous console, so you couldn't run the game. And uh they, you know, sometimes after the console had been out for a while, they'd come up with an emulator and the performance would be pretty equivalent. But that problem's solved because now it's just an H.264 stream to the whatever console. Doesn't matter what CPU it's using. It could be a tiny little ARM chip or it could be a massive x86 box.
1: Uh, from your lips to God's ears, uh, there's a pretty <laughs> well-known problem with PS3 games, especially like Metal Gear Solid 4 in particular, that because of the, uh, let's say, unique cell processor <laughs> that the PS3 had, it's just not uh, really easy to emulate on the PS5 or PS4. Right. But in man, theory, if you video. had, well, yeah. yeah, if you had a rack of cell processor servers, sure, you could totally, yeah. I mean, Sony, let's do it.
0: Yeah, right. First, first they got to work with IBM uh, to start making that thing again. Because remember, that was like a, a fork of the Power PC branch of processors. It was, yeah. a, it was a weird. I remember nut.
1: it ran Yellow Dog Linux. I remember <laughs> the Air Force was buying them left right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, oh man, you know it's funny. Just a few days ago, YouTube suggested to me a bunch of 80s and 90s commercials, nice. and um. It's hard to really overstate because I don't think people realize it if they weren't around back then. But man, did, were, were they just such a quintessential part of kid life and the way they sold stuff and the way they integrated it with the cartoons you were watching or the superheroes and all of that. It, it started at the beginning of my lifetime, the home consumer version in the early 80s. And by the late 80s and, and 90s, they'd really just built a well-oiled machine. It stumbled at first. But they eventually just built this machine that made it just part of my lifestyle. And I, the discussion back then when I was a kid was, well, will these people game when they're in their 30s and 40s? Because nobody games yep. in their 30s and 40s. <laughs> well, they, they got us. <laughs> they got us. It's it's great. You sure know? did. Uh, I think we should get a little nostalgic while we're here. I'd love to know like yeah. where you started with gaming.
1: Yeah, so... Uh... The first system of my own I had was the Sega Genesis, the revised one that came out, uh, I think, in 1993. Um, and I played the hell out of Sonic 1. I mean, I, I think I've bought that game on every single platform it's available on. Yep, definitely. It's have. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely my favorite. I, I mean, I had played Mario, you know, uh, NES, original Nintendo, stuff like that before. But the first one of my own was the Genesis. And, yeah, I mean, I'm all about that Sega scream, which I won't do because we'll blow out the levels in the audio. <laughs> we all
0: know it. It's integrated we all know at it. this point. It's in the DNA. Sega yeah. does,
1: but Nintendo don't, right? That's.
0: I had such an interesting beginning um, with, with gaming consoles because kids in the neighborhood had the Atari system. My family, we didn't have any gaming systems, but we had an Atari mm-hmm. uh, in the neighborhood that I got to check out. Uh, Then my dad, I lived with my mom at the time, and then my dad ended up getting the Nintendo, the NES. And I thought that was really neat. And then some family members started getting the NES. Uh, So when the Super Nintendo was announced that year, I went all in on the ask for Christmas. You know, (laughs) like I did the big sell. (laughs) And I got it. I got it. Um, And, of course, my dad at his house, he picked up an SNES for himself and a Genesis. So that was like, whoa, you have both? That's incredible. Uh, but throughout all of this, there always was a Mac or a PC around. Um, I got one of my very first uh, one of my very first games that I got really hooked on was this game called Dark Castle. It was this uh, black and white platformer for the Mac. It was just pretty low budge in terms of overall, you know. You move through scenes Dark statically. It's a classic Macintosh game. Many people also consider it to be one of the worst games ever made, thanks to a number of <laughs> shoddy ports to other systems. And very hard game mechanics, like ridiculously hard, you know. And you jump, you die, you're going back to the beginning. None, none of this do over crap. <laughs> it's just, but that oh, kind man. of stuff just drew me into the PC. So very early on, I had a super strong attachment to gaming on the computer, but I loved the console stuff too. I've. So I've always kind of had um, my foot in in both of those worlds. Uh, Even today, what about you? What's your what's your system of choice today?
1: Uh, Today, it's weirdly the switch. And maybe that's not that weird, right? Because I play, in fact, I've just been playing the uh, Super Mario All-Stars Lost Levels, which is for folks who maybe aren't this deep into the nerdiness, is actually Japan's version of Super Mario 2, which is basically Super Mario 1, but really hard with Just incredibly aggressive level design. Um, I just beat that the other night. And, you know, the Switch is kind of a great balance for me, having said that I have an Xbox S and a PS5, and God knows what else laying around. But but I I really, you know, I like some of the retro games. It it kind of is the ultimate uh, nostalgia console, and you just can't beat Nintendo's level design if you like that classic platforming. Or like Metrovania style game. Also, the indie game scene on the Switch. I spent a lot of time on indie games, which is something I'm hoping you know. As we do this, we can feature. Uh, yeah. So
0: yeah. Currently, the Switch. Switch is killer. Um, Switch is probably the, the one I've the the current console I spent the most time with. So I guess I'd put my vote behind the Switch too. Only this last six months, kind of, or three to four months, kind of being edged out by the Steam Deck which I think is fantastic, but the I think, you know, if you could only buy one, I think it'd probably be the Switch. In part, I agree with you. the The other thing Nintendo not only does with the level design that's just fantastic, but they recognize that their characters were like little mini-celebrities really early on, I think before a lot of video game makers did, and they figured out how to, I think it really clicked for them when they did Super Mario Kart, for the super Nintendo and they realized they, they originally was going to be a cart racing game of just generic characters. But as they begun to work with the game and create it, they realized they could put their characters in there and give them the abilities their characters have. And I think that's when it really clicked for Nintendo that they've got something there that nobody else has. And so that, and that was the nineties and they have just been iterating on that idea since then. And I think the switch is kind of the premier version of that. Plus the portability is great when you do hashtag tiny home living like I do. The, it's yep. nice to not always be stuck to the TV because sometimes, you know, that TV or that area is in use. And so being portable is fantastic. And then the other thing that's great is my family's big on road trips. So uh, the, the the kind of portability of the Switch and the battery and all of that, it just makes a great road trip device that, you know, you can kids can play on while sure. we're going down the road for six hours. So, yeah, I like the Switch. The deck, I really love a lot. I do kind of wish that the switch had sort of the graphics capabilities of the bigger consoles, but when I want really nice graphics, that's just when I switch to a PC. You know, that's when I play on a right. computer.
1: Right. That's when I switched to like the PS5. Yeah. 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 And it's
0: now the uh the other area for that I've clear that's clearly been a big thing for me, which wasn't early on, is the portability of it. I did have like way back in the day, um I don't remember what Genesis called their portable they portable device, but I did have one. The Game of Gear. Yeah, the Game Gear. I had a Game Gear.
1: I didn't get a Game it Boy. It ate batteries. It ate batteries yes. like, like yeah. me at a all-you-can-eat shrimp buffet.
0: <laughs> my dad had a Game Boy, and I had a Game Gear, if I recall.
1: And your dad made the better choice. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I love my Sega, but they that I did not have that thing because it was, one, more expensive, and two, the battery. I had the, uh, the original Game Boy Slim that was just black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That was and i had that thing for a long time yeah, yeah the game gear was
0: kind of known to be a problem child too because uh i had a i when i was a kid our house got broken into and the guy ransacked my room and my game gear was out and he just
1: didn't even bother taking it
0: <laughs> he just left it
1: <laughs> i thought you were going to say he saw the game gear and left you a pack of batteries right <laughs> he's like i don't have i don't have
0: I don't want that hassle <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. And I I did eventually, I think. uh, No, you know, I think I got my dad's Game Boy after he was done with it. I never got my own Game Boy. (laughs) I just like that the Switch lets me play a lot of the classic games and they do a great job at
1: that, too. Well, Nintendo is always happy to sell you stuff you've bought
0: before. Absolutely. So is the Star Trek franchise. They both got me right where they want me.
1: (laughs) Just buy
0: the same thing over and over again. Uh, But you, you also do like Magic the Gathering type stuff that I've never gotten into. Um, I don't. My kids are huge into Pokemon too. I've never gotten into that type of, that type of oh, gameplay. Yeah.
1: But I'm curious. So I do it. I do it all. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, uh, let's say the early aughts, right? Yeah, early aughts. I was uh, very much a DCI ranked Magic the Gathering player uh, back when they called it Type Two instead of Standard. But if you know anything about Magic, it's a long time ago.
0: Is that like diabetes um, just, Type Two, or is that something else?
1: It's the uh, it's the way they decide what cards are legal in that specific tournament. Oh, okay. So they, they redid it uh, while I was on hiatus, so to speak. But it's basically you have... Right now, what they used to call Type 2 is called Standard. And it's like the most recent sets. It's their way of refreshing the card pool, right? And there's, now they've added a bunch of new ones like Pioneer and Commander. Okay. But yeah, it's... It's Magic the Gathering is a thing that once you start, it's like the dark side forever will dominate your destiny. (laughs) It sounds like Um, it. (laughs) I also play a crap ton of Pokemon TCG, but that's mostly kitchen table with my six year old. Um, And I've been very much into Flesh and Blood recently. In fact, I was at a a armory event last night, which is Flesh and Blood's equivalent of the Friday Night Magic uh, ranked event. And I'm proud to tell you I went 0-4, meaning I lost every single match. You're proud. You're proud of that. Felt good, right? It's, it's only my you second are, one. I got okay, crushed. Okay. But,
0: <laughs> the suffering's good. So, That's what you tell yourself. It's good to uh, lose every uh, now and then. You have to sweeter. earn it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to earn it.
1: So, you know, definitely Like I love all kinds of tabletop games, board games. I particularly have a yin for card games. Uh, I've also noticed, and this is where boring dad stuff comes out. It, my kid reacts differently to... Having to solve a problem in, say, for instance, we play a lot of Ticket to Ride Junior, uh, which is a game where you're building train routes uh, to get points. Great game. The the junior one is really age appropriate for that, like, you know, five to seven age group. And he just slows down a little bit and thinks more in a step, almost algorithmic way, right? Step by step way rather than when we play super smash brothers, he just beats the crap out of me because his reflexes are that much better than mine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some games that create that kind of way of thinking of problem solving or build or order of execution that, that I think is a good mental pathway to develop.
1: Yeah. It's, it's also a great bonding activity. I mean, I know it can be a little tough playing board games with little kids, right? Cause you gotta watch, they don't, you know, get a little creative and now you're missing pieces and you're, mailing the company, paying five bucks for like three little plastic things. I'm not saying that this happened. It definitely happened. Um, but once you get them in the habit, it's something they can do with their friends. For instance, Pokemon TCG came out when I was a kid. And I think it's bigger than ever now. Yeah. Isn't
0: that like remarkable? Almost, it remarkable? It's,
1: it's crazy. It's I'm And the game has actually managed to add mechanics, but it's still... Not that complex. It's, I mean, my six year old can pick it up. We play it all the time. We play it almost probably every day, right after school. We take a break without uh, our, his favorite Cinderace deck, and I have a, a metal deck. And it's, I gotta tell you, it's incredible how, how they've kept to the spirit of the original sets, right? And the flavor of the, you know, I think what was it, 1994, that Pokemon Red and Blue came out in the states. Or was it 95?
0: That sounds okay. about right, though.
1: Yeah, but they've added all these new Pokemon and new mechanics without making it like, let's say, Yu-Gi-Oh complicated. Where if you ever watch people playing Yu-Gi-Oh on YouTube now, it's one guy's turn takes 20 minutes. So there's that. But how about you? So no cards, no tabletop.
0: Um, no. Uh, let's see. I was trying to think. Did I ever dabble? uh not really although i I do feel like uh I deeply respect what uh, how that Pokemon brand has continued. There's got to be a YouTube documentary out there if anybody knows, send it our way uh so i I'm able to watch them from afar and be like, yeah, that does look like a lot of fun like I've watched um I've watched my oldest really develop the passion for the trading aspect, mm-hmm. and now he's picked up other games for better or for worse that involve trading like on the iPad using scam Simulator X. Um, and that kind of <laughs> stuff. He loves that stuff now. Scam so Simulator? It. Yeah, that's what we call it because it's full of scams. Yeah, it's a uh, pet uh, simulator is what they call it. And you go in there and you. it's kind of like a Pokemon ripoff in Roblox. And uh, it's got hundreds of like this Saturday, this last Saturday, they had like 600,000 kids on there at the same time.
1: Oh, but. yeah. Yeah, that, that's just a, a server infrastructure story right there. No kidding. Uh, no kidding. It's funny you mentioned Roblox. I, I don't remember how old uh, kids are exactly, but my son has been lobbying me for Roblox, and I've been pretty resistant.
0: It's a it's a pit, man, because it's a it's a, it's a, a game yeah. with a bunch of other games inside of it, and so they can just keep kind of doom swiping through games, and they're all that's fueled what I was, yeah. by Roblox. The, the or Robux, the currency, and then a lot of these games have their own sub currencies, multiple, and oh, uh, it's it's a hot mess. And so you you inevitably, as a parent, get pressured into this subscription paradigm they have, so that way you can their your kid can get issued Robux on a regular basis. It's uh if you can avoid it, I would. It's not. Uh... Dude, see,
1: this is why I don't I don't like the iPad games at all because you know what I like to do is like throughout the year when Nintendo, because he has a Switch as well. Does their sales really, like, you know, Amazon will cut because I like to buy the physical cartridges. Amazon will do like a lightning sale on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? Whatever yeah. I have, I have a couple of them on
0: Camel, Camel, Camel just in case they, <laughs> the price goes down and I'll pick it up.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I do. When they go down, I just, I just jump on it, right? And buy it. And for, let's say, 30 bucks. um I mean, a good Nintendo game is yeah, at least 30, 40 hours.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And especially for a kid who, at least mine is a, something of a completionist. So he'll like explore every, like He's got to get all the stars in Mario, right? He's got to, oh, I beat it with Mario. Well, now I got to do the Luigi version, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you how much of Luigi's mansion I've seen. <laughs> Truly horrific. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like those iPad games are uh, they're not all bad. And I know good people on this call who are developing one right now. Um, but the incentives seem super icky for the developers.
0: Yeah, and since everything's kind of going to a subscription model because that's the only Mm. sustainable development revenue they can seem to make, it feels like they have to get spicier and spicier in how they get you to subscribe and get that coin. It's so frustrating. And you're right. The problem is the kids love it as a device for that kind of stuff. But you're right. I think as a parent, it's better to have them on a completely separate device for gaming if possible because so many of those iPad games Inevitably, and you know, oh by the way by the way you know how i was mentioning we were checking out some of their really super old original games that they felt really nostalgic about well guess what mm-hmm. isn't loaded up with like subscription options in in-app currencies these older old, games uh, old
1: ipad games yeah, yeah. they were you, you bought them for five or ten bucks right that's i mean we talk about this a lot on coder right the monetization model for ios development used to be very honestly i think a lot more fair. right yeah. a lot more honest yeah, yeah.
0: So that's an interesting insight. It's something I'm gonna think think more about. I mean the Switch and the games are a lot of money, but it might ultimately, when you consider the they ask for Robux all the time or the subscription prices, it might it might actually be cheaper. I hate to say it. God.
1: Well, and they're they're more full featured experiences, right? Like if you think about the design, and this is something that really struck me as I was playing uh, Lost Levels, Mario Lost Levels. Someone sat there with graph paper and like designed this level out and really did a great job. Where, yeah, I mean, there are good mobile games, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them are kind of a basically a loop of, you know, buy resources, exhaust resources, mm-hmm. in that purchase, buy resources. Right. There,
0: there are a few standouts, and maybe this will set you up for what you're playing this week because, uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks doing doubles for the holidays and whatnot. As you know, we did one for Coder and um, yep. I find the Alto's Odyssey type game just that, and they have a Zen mode, which I think is fantastic. So you can just keep oh, playing nice. even after you crash. And so there's a type of mobile game for me that when they're not too grabby asky, and they build a really nice game, that's just super smooth and and chill to play. Uh, that's worth it. You know, and that to me, I'll, I'll, I'll pay, I'll pay for that. I'll that's great. and, So one of the nice things is I've picked that up and I'll bust it out just in the evening, just as a little like chill down kind of just wind down kind of game. And if you haven't played it, it's fantastic. Uh, And there's no, there's no like subscription. There's no like currency that you have to buy to be able to unlock stuff. It's, there's a game mode where you unlock levels through a traditional, just by playing and proceeding through the game. And then there's just the Zen mode where it's a, constant play mode and you just keep on playing right through. And if you crash, you just get up and keep going. And it's sort of those surfing games. I really like it. It's altos. It's been around for a while. There's a couple of them. But what about nice. you? What are you enjoying this week?
1: Uh, well, this week I, I definitely binged on the super Mario Lost levels. Uh, went from zero to beating it. That was kind of my wind down evening game. I've also picked up a Marvel midnight sun, which is a, I don't, have you seen this? It's a tactical strategy game Built by the folks who built XCOM. Oh. But using Marvel characters, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. And how is it? You liking it?
1: It is very good, um, but it is definitely like baby XCOM. Uh, it has this card mechanic, which ironically for someone who loves playing card games, I kind of find annoying.
0: Yes. I I, can, I sometimes do in these type of games. It seems like it just slows yeah. everything down.
1: It, it's, it, I can see where they were going with it um there was an old kingdom hearts game i think for the ds i want to say although those games are hard cuz they ported them everywhere uh over the years that had a similar mechanic where you had to like have your deck for your, each character and it's definitely i feel like uh spire who i believe is a developer on this executed it better than the kingdom hearts folks did but it you know it is totally it's one of those things where I'm like, if this wasn't Marvel, would I have bought it? Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I couldn't, you know, have Doctor Strange make his weird witty comments as he, you know, does a magical axe in someone's face.
0: Does and it feel well being... integrated? Does it feel true to the Marvel characters and universe or does it feel like it's a game engine that has these skins and sounds layered on top of it?
1: No, the character personalities, the story. I mean, they definitely did their work on the Marvel side. Um, it's, it, yeah, they, they, like Tony Stark feels exactly like, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, right? Uh, Spider-Man, it's Peter Parker, feels like. Yeah, right. The, the, the strangeness comes in where, and one of the problems is one of my favorite PC games is XCOM. <laughs> And I'm just about to start XCOM 2 at some point, even mm. though I bought it three years ago at full price for no reason. <laughs> uh, I could have picked it up for eight bucks over the winter sale. Yeah, it's my move. Crazy.
0: That's I know yeah,
1: that move. <laughs> I just waited. Um, and I'm used to like in XCOM, right? If you have, You've probably played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, permadeath, right? You have like all like your your decisions count a lot more. Um, And the character progression, I think, is a little richer. And I'm just talking XCOM one here, so I don't, you know, Enemy Unknown. I have no idea about XCOM two, which I have to try out. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, also by the way, XCOM one very good on the iPad.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. I wouldn't have thought of it, but of course, it makes sense. That does right, actually. The tax- seem, did they, so they had to port yeah, it
1: clearly. So they did an okay job then. Yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, it, it doesn't look as great as it does on say a you know high end PC, but it looks fine. I mean. It, it looks, I would say, about as good as the old Mac version, but you can't play anymore on modern Mac OS because it's 32-bit. Um, the grid and the touch controls make a ton of sense, right? You tap your soldier, you tap where you want him to go. Pretty, pretty intuitive. Um, yeah, I mean, Midnight Suns is good. I would recommend it if you're a Marvel fan, but if you're like a hardcore tactical strategy fan, it's probably going to feel a little too... Uh, like p- pedestrians
0: Yeah. I uh, I just started playing Metroid uh, Dread because they uh, updated it with a rookie mode Ooh. to make it slightly easier because they just don't have the time to really get super good at right. it. Have you played Dread?
1: I have purchased it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I purchased it. <laughs> yeah. I sat on it for a while and they just did an update yep. to make it slightly easier. But it is... So it's a classic... Side-scroller, like, I think I prefer Metroid. The 3D games were fun, but I think I prefer Metroid as a 2D side-scroller. It's one of my all-time favorites. And this one is, you really move fast. There's this mechanic where you can um, deflect. You can kind of do this deflection move. And if you nail the timing just perfect, in some circumstances, you have a chance to survive. And if if you fail, you die. It's just like you're immediately dead. Uh, because there's some there's some monsters in here that are very, very powerful. And so it's one part move as quick as possible, two parts deflect just at the right time, and then three parts figure out the uh, combos for your fingers to activate the weapons. But it all feels like it makes sense. All the controls feel like once I've learned which ones I have to hold down, I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, that that feels kind of intuitive. I, th- I think they'll stick between gameplay sessions and the graphics are are beautiful. Uh, it's a great example of a beautiful game on the Switch. I don't think it's particularly demanding in terms of 3D rendering, but there are some 3D scenes, and the space is obviously a 3D space that they have the cameras pinned. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot so far. I've played the first couple levels. I found it really hard. <laughs> I had to message a buddy. I'm like, um, what do you do to get away from the dog? <laughs> you move fast. <laughs> That's what you do. Uh, but I like it a lot so far. I think it's a classic Metroid game. It's just one of the harder, intense ones.
1: Yeah, I've always, I, it's funny, I played, I love like the Rogue's Legacy, like the descendants of Metroid mm-hmm. and Castlevania, mm-hmm. and I've only ever played one Castlevania, or two Castlevanias and zero Metroids.
0: Really? Oh, Metroid's such a great game.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on my list to, to go back for our little retro section. Yeah, it's
0: great on the, I, the Super Nintendo version, I think is peak video game, period. Like just really the layers to it and the way you progress and then the secrets you unlock and the aha moments you get. It's all really great. I mean, it's it's I think it holds up as one of the greats. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth yeah. a Super Nintendo. And you know, you've got it on the Switcher on the Switch there. If you've got the you yeah, got go the, the network stuff, right? So of
1: mm. I have all three of them, of course. Mwah, mwah, of course. <laughs> Although the N64 one's a bit busted, but yeah.
0: So I assume you'll be doing more uh magic over the uh, holidays and Yes,
1: depending on the results of the Discord poll that my local game store put up, if people want to play tomorrow, night, I will be playing Commander, uh, not Commander, I'm sorry, Pioneer.
0: You are so deep, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so deep,
1: Yeah, which is a one-on-one competitive format. You can look at my Moxfield link for my deck list. Um, it's a red-green gruel mid-range deck, which basically it's an aggressive deck that wants to hit you in the face with creatures and win, you know, like turn seven or eight right so it's not aggro would be like turn two or like three or four so this is a little slower um yeah it's uh it's performed pretty well what one of the nice things about being a little bit of an old hand at mtg is i build my deck and pioneer is a long-lasting format unlike standard so i can keep this deck for a long time and avoid spending too much money on it that's what flesh and blood is for Hmm. uh Yeah, it's uh, a little weird with this being Christmas week, right? Because last night, there wasn't that many folks at the Flesh and Blood event. Um, I would highly recommend, by the way, if you're... So I also play Arena, Magic Arena, which is digital magic on iPad. If you're just playing Arena, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I play it all the time. In fact, I'll put my Arena username, uh, it's on Twitter somewhere, and hit me up. But if you have a local game store, try going to either a casual commander event which is a four player format or really any like a draft is easy cuz you just need three booster packs the experience of playing in person uh i think if you you know i understand it's super you know tough to meet new people and you might be shy i i can be too uh but it's such a better experience when you start playing with like a regular group and you know you're cuz the ipad game it's really very grindy right it's very mechanical mm um yeah so you know it's all about community right linux people
0: you know what it's 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 cheesy and cliche but it is so true it does make it more fun i have so much more fun playing with family members and friends than i do just off on my own unless it's a chill out game then i can do that on my own but
1: yeah yeah or 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 it's uh a jet set radio future but we'll talk about the dreamcast (laughs) maybe another day oh we totally should yeah the most technologically advanced console for its time. That mm-hmm. probably they should have put less effort into.
0: I also yeah. could have. I you know if we want to do another nostalgic little chat sometime. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time with the Saturn CD, uh, the Sega CD. Ooh. I mean, um, I don't know if you ever uh, played any of the Sega CD games, but I, <laughs> I, I, I did for the
1: three weeks it was out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, slow CD. I had the 32x add-on for the Genesis. Nice. not really it immediately failed Uh, yeah it was a good it was cool they reproduced the uh the x-wing remember the old x-wing arcade game that you'd sit there and they like had like the you know the booth style arcade cabinet yeah they did a really nice reproduction of that they only sold like five of them but (laughs) sega you know i think you know assuming we get good feedback from you (laughs) guys so make sure you at message chris yeah uh, yeah, let the, us know.
0: I think some of the best ways to let us know what you think is probably the Matrix chat room. Uh, you yep. can grab us in there. Just the Coder Radio General for now as we're uh, farting around here getting this thing going. But your feedback helps it turn into a, a real boy. And uh, we love boy. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you can yeah. use the Coder Coder dot show slash contact page and uh, you can send your feedback for Gamer Radio there because we can parse. You
1: know, what? We, can we, can parse. Yeah. we can figure that out. We can figure that out. And let us email. know if you want the Sega Memorial episode. <laughs>
0: yeah oh geez all right well in the meantime uh where's a way they can let you know directly what they thought miss twitter besides matrix is twitter good you still over there yep i'm
1: at i'm at jumanoko on twitter and at jumanoko on mastodon
0: very good you could find me over there too i'm at chris LES. i i am on the mastos turns out turns out i've been on there since 2017 who knew you could find me over there as well but i think the matrix is probably the best jupiterbroadcastingcom slash matrix dig around in there and you'll find me thanks for joining us hope to see you soon